Hey, how you doing? This is Brent down here in Houston. Uh, calling on let's talk about. I'm actually calling from the game, so I want to see if y'all can hear the stadium noise. Unfortunately, I came solo this week. The boys got in trouble with their mom, so she told them they couldn't come to the game. But another great experience. Enjoy myself. My roommate handling their business. Keep it up the good work. Looking forward to hearing you guys. Conversation this week. Thank you. Have a great day. Jake Payne with the St. Louis Battlehawks, and this is the XFL Show. Welcome, football fans. This is week three of the 2020 XFL season. This is For the Love of Football, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. And I'm Bryant. What will happen when the Roughnecks fall into the Viper Pit? Can the Renegades slay the Dragons? Does DC dominate in LA, and can the Guardians brave through the Battle Dome? This is episode 115. Week three is here, and we have the final two home openers. We've got a couple teams still looking for their first win, and a couple teams already separating themselves. Some games to break down. Week three, not quite here, Jake, but pretty close. Yeah, closer than ever, just uh, just a couple days away. And listen, just a friendly reminder, kids, Please behave yourselves, do your homework, because we want you to go to those XFL games. Absolutely. I know I'm looking to take a couple of young cousins to the to the New York game next week, Jake, and I told him, you guys have a lot of tests coming up at school this week. Be on your best behavior because your mom will shut that down. You got you to gotta work hard during the week so you can get to, to the weekend and the big games, Bryant. And we have some huge ones. We're going to be at one, man. St. Louis against New York, two one-and-one teams, and the biggest home opener of the season, if you ask me. Or you could just be like us adults and do whatever you want, like we're doing, and we're going to St. Louis uh, to watch a football game. Did the missus hear that? I don't think the missus heard that. It's fine. Uh, Yeah, we're going to be in St. Louis for their home opener. First time uh, professional football has played in that uh, battle dome uh, in a very long time, so I'm super excited to be there. Uh, We're going to have a lot of fun that week. and make sure your cousins are doing good because they're not going to want to miss their game either. Absolutely not. 724-565-4XFL. You heard at the top of the show, one of our callers, the XFL fan line is open 24-7-365. So you could call in and give a comment, a question, and uh, sometimes we'll play them on the air. We've got um, another one coming up shortly. We're going to get into game previews. We have uh, Vince called in and, and gave us his picks against the spread for this week as well. For all you betting this weekend on week three. And yes, like I said, Bryant and I will be in St. Louis. And we have some really cool news to give you here in just a second about what we'll be doing in St. Louis over the course of the weekend. We are at XFL Show on Twitter if you want to give us a follow and converse on social media. Of course, you can check the show out on XFL.com in the podcast section under the videos tab or... On any podcast app of your choosing, subscribe, rate, and review. Today, we also have a couple of guests. Good, crisp interviews with the head coach, general manager of the undefeated 
DC Defenders. Pep Hamilton joins us to discuss what it's been like the first two weeks at home for DC, what it's been like for him coaching on the sidelines, having America hear all of his play calls, and what it's what it's like gearing up for their first road game at the LA Wildcats this weekend on Sunday evening. So Pep Hamilton's going to have a good, crisp, thorough football discussion from the coach. And then we got a player as well, Frank Alexander from the Dallas Renegades, the defensive lineman. You may have seen him last week on the field uh, getting after Josh Johnson, yeah. but also uh, stretching on the sidelines during an interview, Brian. <laughs> uh, building characters. Yeah, I saw him on the field, unfortunately, against the LA Wildcats doing his thing. Uh, did a great job. Uh, then made himself uh, memeable, I guess, with that stretching <laughs> on the sidelines. So, uh, yeah, it's great to have him. A lot of insight this week on some uh, from some winning teams on going into week three. Absolutely. And that's coming up here shortly. But let's get into some of the news from around the league. And I think what tops it all is what we're doing in St. Louis, Bryant. We're going to be all over that town. Not only is it Mardi Gras weekend there, but it's also Battle Hawks home opening weekend. The Battle Dome officially opens back up for football, professional football back in St. Louis. We said a long time ago we got to be there for this weekend. We are, and we're going to have an awesome time on Sunday, I'm sure, roaming around tailgates. But Saturday, Bryant, we are going to be at the Westport Social having an XFL watch party. That's 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 the best thing I think we've done so far as a show is we're going to have a watch party with Battlehawk fans at Westport Social. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be giving away some cool merch. So kind of stick around there and, and, and come and join, and join us and watch a football game. Uh, get excited for Sunday because Sunday's your big day, but there's still a lot of great football happening uh, beforehand. So on Saturday, a Westport Social uh, located at 910 Westport Plaza Drive. We're going to be at Westport Social on Saturday. The game starts at 1 p.m. We'll be watching that Tampa Bay-Houston game. And that's what's awesome is that, of course, the game is on Sunday, the Battlehawks debut. But if you're if you've got that itch, if you just want to be around some Battlehawks so you could caca caca. Come hang out with us. We will be, like Brian said, giving away some cool XFL prizes, and we'll be recording our game recap podcast right there at Westport Social. And who knows? You know, we're pretty open. We're interested in hearing from you, Battlehawks fans. If you want to caca on the show, we might interview and talk to some Battlehawks fans. Brian, I know you'll love to do that as a Wildcats fan. <laughs> uh, that'll be a lot of fun we haven't had really too many uh, fans on this show other than ourselves so it'd be great to, to get that perspective uh, so come and join us it'll be a lot of fun uh, come watch some football uh, hang out with us for a little bit and w- so we're saying they can caca on our caca! podcast yes caca! i want i want to i want to break the world record for the amount of cacas on one podcast what, what what's the record right now <laughs> I, I think it's around like some. It doesn't between, matter because we're gonna break it. We're gonna doesn't break matter because it. we're. Gonna, it's it's about like sixty-seven <laughs> to seventy. I think it's like sixty-eight, sixty-nine-ish right now, Jake. We're gonna crush that on Saturday at Westport Social. All the Battle Hawks fans are gonna show up there. Are gonna caca. We're gonna watch some XFL football. Get everybody ready for Sunday's kickoff at the Battle Dome, and then Bryant and I will be having more fun there. And we're gonna be you know filming stuff for social media, more podcasting getting fans involved that's what the league's all about allowing us fans to interact and enjoy football together and uh, we're going to be doing that in st louis this weekend cannot freaking wait baby battle hawks and guardians of course the the game of the week 
as far as I'm concerned. Although I'm not going to give it my dreaded. I'm not doing anymore. This is going to be the best game anymore, Jake, because I've done that two weeks in a row. And the game I've pegged as the best game has ended up being, I think, the biggest the, the biggest margin of victory in the first two weeks. So I'm not going to say that for any game this week. Oh, yeah. Last week, the Guardians didn't show up uh, as much as you thought they were, and at least the states of <laughs> New York and New Jersey. So hopefully the picks are going to be a little more exciting this week. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm not gonna get put that dreaded stamp on anything, but I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my scores. I know Vince gave his scores. I'm interested as always in hearing who you're picking, Jake. And I cannot wait to see what Bryant has for that St. Louis New York game. Would he dare pick against the Battle Hawks in their home opener? We'll find uh, out in just a little. If bit. he's if he's Alan, on site, just... he won't do <laughs> it since he's on site. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> That's fair, fair enough. Yeah, you're right. Okay. I can skip that game. I'm going to be there, so maybe I should pull like a uh, uh, Kirk Herbstreit and not give his. You are not uh, Kirk Herbstreit for those games. I'm just saying, you know, when he's at the games, he doesn't give his pick for the games. I think that's fair. No, you're you're. I want your pick, so you give me your pick, and you just remember <laughs> this: it's the law to Kaka this weekend in St. Louis for the Battlehawks and the Guardians. All right, we'll get to picking later. Let's get into some transaction news as we dink and dunk around the league and some very interesting stuff here first up uh, eric dungy back with the renegades after taking some time off uh, for family issues so brogan roback was picked up last week as a emergency quarterback essentially he's been waived with dungy back on the team now behind philip nelson who is behind landry jones then the interesting stuff here tampa bay with all sorts of moves they cut Wide receiver Shantavius Jones, who I believe Bryant was a, a, a pretty high up there draft pick for them uh, back, you know, in October. And the thing is, they acquired a pretty well respected wide receiver in SJ Green, a CFL star. I mean, we're talking about over ten thousand yards up there in Canada, playing in that league, winning Grey Cups, playing for Mark Tressman. Now joins the Tampa Bay Vipers in a trade that they made with Seattle. Linebacker Corey Toomer goes to Seattle in exchange for SJ Green. A reunion, another CFL reunion for Mark Tressman. Those haven't panned out for him yet. Is a wide receiver what the Tampa Bay Vipers actually need here, Jake? Uh, they probably need more consistent uh, quarterback play is what they need. But you're talking about a receiver, like we said, had 10,000 yards Canadian up there in the CFL. Um, I don't, that's like an, that was like a verbal asterisk you put on that. I, well, I, I'm, I'm, it's a impressive. Canadian yard is, is slightly longer than an American yard. I mean, just look at the field. It is a bigger field. There, there's 110 of them up there. It's a bigger, it is a bigger field, but SJ Green's a pretty good player. Interested to see what he does with the Vipers, but I mean, they got to get him the ball, and they got to get him the ball in the red zone, Bryant. This team has probably the toughest task of anybody taking on Houston at home. I know a lot of people are on the D.C. defenders going to L.A. I think that's a tougher matchup for the D.C. team than what Houston's got. Tampa Bay with a lot on the line, and they pick up a receiver, though. Can't wait to see him out there. Uh, we'll get to picking that game and talking about the quarterback situation in a moment, but the SJ Green. Do you put an asterisk on SJ Green there, Bryant? Are you like Jake? Do you? Th I guess is the conversion for yardage at at an all time high for Canadians right now? Because I mean, well, maybe it, that's why he waited so long to cash in. I guess that's what it, we're it talking depends about. Depends on right the now. market. Well, the market right now for <laughs> CFL players is pretty strong because the rumors are swirling with their free agency underway. 
uh, talented players from the Canadian Football League rumored to be coming to the XFL. We've heard the name Armani Edwards uh, thrown out there, uh, not uh, 100% officially announced yet that he's on Team 9 or available for a team to pick up just yet, uh, as well as Derek Dennis, a great uh, offensive lineman who was like the league's highest paid offensive lineman at one point up in the CFL. Uh, those are two quality players, among other quality players that the XFL definitely could use from the CFL. I've always advocated for that league, Bryant, and I would be happy to see some of those players join these teams in the XFL. It would be good. you know. And if some of those players can make a difference on an XFL team, I think that's a great addition. Uh, again, the XFL has to be worried about, you know, removing players that have been there since day one to bring in these talents now, you know, you you want that continuity. You want players to feel secure when they're on an XFL squad. But Alan, to answer your question from earlier about the Tampa Bay Vipers signing SJ Green, is, is this what they need? They need a closer. We've talked about it. 0 for 7 in the red zone, 0 for 10 within the uh, their opponent's 30-yard line. Uh, they need someone who can catch the ball and finish uh, and score some touchdowns. Still no offensive touchdowns this season, so Tampa Bay, uh, hopefully with this, uh, can get that end zone this weekend. All right, maybe you guys know this, but uh, you know we're talking about some CFL stars coming over or potentially coming over. It's not like the Grey Cup was last week. Do you know why some of these players were not there for week one? Oh, because CFL free agency didn't start until I believe February 11. So those, you know, okay, con- so they so they were locked down contracts. Yeah, yeah, business okay. the business end there, Jake. So yeah, now these players are free to uh, make that jump. And we'll see which one, which of them do, uh, like S.J. Green. I think that's a really cool story. Mark Tressman, just like Bob Stoops, I think, having a lot of guys he's familiar with, uh, it's, I think, panned out for Stoops so far, having guys he's familiar with, like Frank Alexander, who we're going to talk to a little bit later on in the show from Oklahoma. But Tressman, with all of his CFL connections, they're putting up, I think, CFL-type offensive numbers, but just not in the points category. What a game that is going to be the first game of the weekend, uh, just in terms of interest and I think what's on the line in that one for the Tampa Bay Vipers, a team where we're probably going to be talking about a whole lot more throughout the course of this episode. But let's uh, go to the Houston Roughnecks now who have the star of the week, the second ever week two star of the week. Cam Phillips wins the award with his eight catches for 63 yards and not one, not two, but three TDs in Houston's 28-24 to victory over the St. Louis Battlehawks last week. Uh, great game for him. That was who I voted for in the Twitter poll. We talked about that last show, Bryant. He, it was well-deserved, but it was also a week where there was a lot of good performances, I thought. His stood out, though, anytime you're a receiver scoring three touchdowns, give it to him. Yeah, and the reason I didn't give it to him was because of his celebrations and his like post touchdown oh, antics. Man. And so the, I wasn't a huge fan woo, of it, but woo, woo, fun police here, <laughs> that, Brian. That took away from. Well, the story I'm not fun police, time. but when you get a flag on it, you're not supposed to do it. I mean, Jake, you can attest to that, right? You saw his celebrations. You're taking off your helmet, having some fun. You're not allowed to do that. So I can ding you for doing something you're not supposed to do. If it's going to penalize the team, I agree with you in this scenario. Well, Thank you very much. So then, that's the reason I didn't vote for him. But, yes, a great performance nonetheless. I still like Jordan Tomu's performance. Four touchdowns accounted for, one on the ground, three in the air. Uh, I think that man, I didn't give him enough credit before the season starts, so I'm going to try to give him as much credit as I can now that we're in the season. Uh, I think he was a close second, uh, if not probably the winner, if he had won that game. First prediction of the show, who you got as star of the week for week three? Who do you think it's going to be, Brian? Oh, it's so not fair because you didn't even tell us that this question was happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going to go, oh man, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Parham, tight end Dallas out of Stetson, Florida. <laughs> I like it. I can't wait to have him on the show one day to ask him about Stetson. That's a solid pick. Landry Jones throws him the football a whole lot. What about you, Jake? Uh, you know, it's it's the big home opener for this team. Uh, it, it's going to be rocking. It's going to be cuckooing. I'm going to go with Ka-ka! what Brian thought should have been last week's star, and that's Jordan Tom- Tomo. All right. I like the both of those are solid picks. I'm going to go with our guest who's going to be coming up in a little bit, Frank Alexander. Pat Hamilton? Oh. <laughs> yeah, actually, I mean, <laughs> getting to watch the coaches, I mean, we should give a coach of the week as well. Uh, I'm going Frank Alexander, defensive. So he's we're going to give him we're going to give him that uh that that good luck charm going into the game against Seattle. I'm calling it the the big man's going to have a touchdown for the Dallas Renegades defensively. Going out on a limb on that one. We'll, we shall see. But for now, the star of the week is Cam Phillips of the Houston Roughnecks. Houston Roughnecks. Houston Roughnecks. Number one. Real quick, just a programming note for stuff you should probably watch if you're an XFL fan and interested in uh, you know just being entertained by what this league's offering. Uh, they're putting out some cool stuff that we talked about this documentary that was being made, and it's actually out already, the Road to Kickoff documentary, put together by the same people who put together Hard Knocks on HBO. I don't know if you saw this, Jake, this Road to Kickoff doc. It was all about that hype for the D.C.-Seattle game, the first game of the XFL season. I thought it was a really cool look that captured just how intense that was for the players going into the first kickoff, the buildup to it all. I thought it was tremendous. It looked cool. It's on XFL.com. If anybody hasn't seen it, I watched it, and I was at that game, and it made me relive all those feelings I had. Yeah, I watched it just about an hour ago. It was a, you know, a quick watch, about 15 minutes. Yeah, it, it's, it didn't go too deep into uh, you know how this league restarted or why this league restarted, but you, know, you did get a little bit back at it, what it appeared to be Stanford hq and then we saw both teams a lot of the players home. it was a lot of the players it, it focused on after oh, oh yeah that early part yeah 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 that that wasn't that long and then a lot of uh you know kind of sideline access for the game uh what was going on in the locker room at halftime even more than what you got to see on the uh on the abc i believe broadcast that day yeah, I like seeing just how some players kind of took the leadership role early on in that for the, in the season. You saw guys hyping the, their their brothers up because we know that what they went through in mini camps and training camps to get to that game too, Bryant. That was what I thought was really cool seeing like Steven Johnson hyping up, talking about breathing fire to all the Seattle Dragons before that <laughs> game was really cool. Yeah, it was really cool inside that whole you know kind of leading up. It was just the one game, but it was still pretty pretty awesome to see and. And to get that perspective, I know you guys were at that game, so you probably saw a perspective that I didn't get to witness from that game. So this is just something that fans can kind of enjoy. Uh, Hopefully they do these more and more for other games, but the XFL giving fans access quickly, and it's a lot of fun to get to see these things that you really don't get to see on a weekly basis from the NFL. Oh, for sure. And then you got even more stuff like bite size uh, videos, like the one they did with uh, the center for the LA Wildcats, Patrick Vahe, who, I mean, we met Brian. He is a really funny guy, uh, really personable. And you they capture that too. They've got this new uh, video they're doing the inside the trenches, which is also up on XFL.com. I love these. I'm looking forward to more of these just kind of, uh, 
close looks at certain players on teams, and Patrick Vahe and those LA offensive linemen have a unique bond already, and they're 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 characters. And also, I would say some of the most violent players in the league. Have you seen Storm Norton and Fred oh Lawina so far? <laughs> Storm Norton, on honestly. If if LA was wasn't winless, I might nominate as MVP of this league just based on the pancakes he's been making on the field. Storm Norton, when I was on the field watching him play, because I got to sit, you know, stand on the field for a little bit during the game, it looked like somebody drove up a Chevy Silverado onto the field and just started plowing through the Dallas Renegades. I mean, that's how big this man looks. Yeah, and he like just, a rock. You know, he's picking up bodies as he's rolling. <laughs> yes, like a rock. He he he's amazing. I love watching that man play football. If you, if you get a chance. Watch him, kind of focus on him on some of these plays, especially these screen plays that they run to his side. Oh, it's a lot of fun to see him play best football. Play in football is is when you get any <laughs> you get any lineman, especially Storm Norton, out in front of a running back or a receiver, running downhill looking for someone to block and pancake. And he's done it multiple times already. It's I, it's why I love Norm Chow. He loves doing that. I can't wait to see more of it. We'll see if they do it to the D.C. defenders. Uh, I'm sure Pep Hamilton doesn't want to see that, and we're going to talk to him in just a second. But let's hear from you, the XFL fans. Uh, you know, we, we're fans who get to blab every week on the podcast, but we want to hear from the other fans as well. And that's why we have the XFL fan line at 724-565-4XFL. And each week, whenever you call in, we're going to pick out some of our favorites from the voicemails, from the from the inbox, and sometimes you ask us a question, sometimes you give us a comment, and we like hearing it, and then we like playing it on the show so everyone else can hear it for their amusement. And sometimes you're really informational because a lot of you are super smart football fans like John. Hey, guys, this is John down in Houston. I just wanted to say what a great game that was on Sunday evening. I love watching the Roughnecks play. Uh, week one, they really proved that they could put the pedal down and blow a team out. Week two, they proved that when adversity hits, they can gut out a win with clutch plays on offense and defense. And you know, my big takeaway is imagine how dangerous this offense is going to be if Sammy Coates actually starts catching the ball. So that's it. Love the XFL so far. Love the Roughnecks. Go Roughnecks. <laughs> All right. I love John's analysis of what the Roughnecks have done so far. Although the the jab at Sammy Coates, Jake, I don't know if that was warranted, but it kind of was true. Yeah, I, I mean, he's got a point there. And, and we also want to say uh, thank you for everybody calling into the XFL fan line. We just had so many calls this week where we can only play a limited number of them, but keep them coming. Well, well a lot of them are topics that we just get to talk about, too. You guys have yeah. a lot of ideas, so it's a lot of fun, uh, especially on social media, Alan, too. I will say that somebody, you know, we kind of lose sight sometimes, and I'll admit it, that we've been on this road for so long that, you know, a lot of these things in the XFL are kind of just natural to us. But there's a lot of new people here as well, and a lot of people asking questions, wondering, you know, because of what they're used to in the NFL or in Major League Baseball, they ask questions that I think it's kind of important to actually answer every once in a while. So somebody here on Twitter asked, uh, it was actually uh, Twisted underscore Sailor on Twitter, uh, XFL should do bigger market teams have a larger salary cap like the NFL? If not, how is a team's budget determined? And I think it's a simple answer, but to us, but maybe to somebody who hasn't been paying attention since the very beginning, doesn't know, 
the answer is Vince McMahon owns all eight teams. The league owns all eight teams. They're all kind of on the same playing surface for right now, at least this season. No owners, no marketing, no budgeting. Uh, everybody had, kind of has the same uh, budget going into this inaugural season. So, so thanks for the question. I appreciate you know. And if anybody has those types of questions, we're you know we're here to answer them for you because we've been here for a long time, but we know that there's a lot of people new that are on this uh, uh, journey with us now, and a lot of these questions have to get answered. Absolutely. You know, we'll get into the weeds and, and if somebody needs to get up for some air to just make sure that they're, you know, they know they can adjust themselves and, and, and get their equilibrium and understand everything going on with the league, because there's a lot of new stuff like that, uh, you know, that people might not know just yet or forgot or, you know, need reminders, whatever. That's what we're here for. And we appreciate those uh, questions, whether they're on the XFL fan line or at XFL show for certain. All right. You guys ready to hear from Pep Hamilton? Let's hear fast. Yes, very fast. Thank you. He is Trust me. the head coach of the undefeated DC Defenders. And he joined me earlier this week to discuss what it's been like so far as a head coach in the XFL, having the entire world hear him call plays and what he's doing this week as his team gets ready to travel to take on the hungry and windless LA Wildcats. A good crisp interview here with Pep Hamilton of the DC Defenders. You're two and zero. The world's hearing every play call of yours, but you had two awesome home games. How's it been the first two weeks as a head coach in the XFL? You know, it's it's, it's been good. It's been really good for our football team. We've uh, found ways to win games. Uh, we all respect and understand how tough it is to. Uh, to beat another football team, to really um, come out on the winning end of uh, any football game, especially when you consider that you're uh, you're competing against somebody, um, some of the best football players and best coaches in the world. So we're excited. Oh, absolutely! And you had two exciting games there at home. Talk a little bit about your your crowd there in DC. They came out pretty much in full force the past two weeks you guys got to go on the road this weekend but so far the home cooking's been nice well we uh we greatly appreciate the enthusiasm that our fans have brought to uh to aldi field uh as i mentioned i think uh, last week you know our defensive guys in particular they uh they're an emotional bunch they feed off of the uh energy that we get from our fans and not to say that the offense doesn't but uh defensively uh, our guys are, are totally tuned in and tied into just the energy that we get from the fan base. Our games, our, our home games at Aldi Field have been uh, arguably the best. It's been the best football atmosphere in uh, in the XFL. Just, that's just one man's opinion. But it's all as a result and due to the fact that the fans have been so supportive. Oh, absolutely. I was there week one. It was a tremendous atmosphere. And, that, and on TV, it was thunderous when Jameer Thurman had that pick six, Coach. It was awesome to see. Uh, let's talk real, real quick about the access. I mean, we get to hear you coaching as fans on TV, hear your play calls, hear you talking to your guys. Does that require a lot of week-to-week change in your communication plan? Well, from week one to week two, we had to make some updates. But um, for the most part, uh, the, the players on the field, uh, in particular the opponents' uh, defense, they um, they're going to hear what they would hear under any circumstance as far as the quarterback making certain calls and the align the uh, offensive line making certain adjustments. 
at the line of scrimmage. I do think that when you watch the broadcast after the fact, you can uh, gain some intel on uh, what terminology we're using and what uh, some of the terms could possibly mean. But uh, for the most part, it is uh, it doesn't require wholesale changes, but just like you would under, under normal circumstances, we do have to make updates on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, and you guys get, you know, you got to get ready like you normally do for any football game. And, well, I, I'm going to shoot this at you, Coach. You, you could shoot it down. This is my co-host came up with this. We were talking about how well you guys handled the New York Guardians offense this past weekend, and my co-host Bryant coined the phrase "preparation." Do you want us to put that on a T-shirt? <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's necessary. I do <laughs> think that, um, uh, without a doubt, our players have played fast, and they've uh, affected the other team's quarterbacks, and more importantly, they've taken the ball away. But um, I do think that's a testament to uh, not just the players that that are making those plays, but our defensive staff led by our defensive coordinator, Louis Chofi. I think um, our scheme and what we do uh, specifically attacks the pass protections and, uh, and and just really the rules of what what we see on film from our offensive opponents. So um, they've done an outstanding job of putting together a plan to put our playmakers in a position to be successful and uh, our pass rushers and Linebackers and secondary guys, they made the most of those opportunities, and they made some big plays for us on defense. Yeah, you guys have had some big defensive plays. Your special teams have have been pretty solid as well, and of course, everyone's talking about Cardale and the offense. Uh, you know, you guys have a complete package there in D.C., but now this is your first road test going across the country to take on the L.A. Wildcats. What kind of special uh, challenges do they present to you guys this weekend? 0-2 bunch looking for their first win. Well, I think um, when you look at this team on film, they're one of the more talented teams in the XFL. They play hard. uh, They're aggressive uh, on both sides of the ball and on special teams. And uh, they're just waiting for the ball to bounce their way. So we have to uh, uh, make sure that we, um, you know, we execute at a high level and we play tough, smart defender football. And uh, because we'll have our hands full. Uh, trying to beat a team that, um, that that's that's dying for an opportunity to get in the win column, and and uh, so it'll be a, it'll be a, a hard fought game, and and we respect the heck out of uh, Coach Winston and uh, Coach Chow and uh, what they do schematically, and, and and we know it'll be a good game. Cannot wait to see that one, Coach. I, I I do have to ask you, as a coach, we get to watch you. I mean, this is fans. We talk as fans. We talked about this this past show we just did. Uh, this is unlike anything we've seen. We get to watch a game for the coaching. Now we get to see you and your element talking to your guys, telling Rashad Ross to get on his horse. America sees that. I mean, it was we saw you were in a zone play calling. As a coach, does it make it easier to play call and to just get everybody on the same page, having that direct communication with your wide receivers and your quarterback? Well, I think it's, uh, it's very helpful uh, with regards to uh, allowing guys to play fast because you can just give them some confirmation of, of what it is that they're to do on any given play. Rashard, in particular, is someone that we, tra- we traded for during, uh, during our training camp, and so he was still getting acclimated to our system um, as recently as uh, this past weekend, just there's certain terms and certain things that uh, that he's hearing that 
uh, even though he studied it and he may have uh, sat through the installs with the rest of our guys going into the uh, game, but there's still uh, some reminders that we can uh, uh, and reminder points that we can give him that can help him to just have the assurance that he's doing the right thing and allow him to do it fast. So uh, it, it's it, you know that's one of the, the great things about the technology that we're using in the XFL. Uh, it, it really helps the quality of play when you consider that we can communicate with our guys up until the ball is snapped. It's really fun to watch you out there, Coach. I mean, usually we see you, then we got to have the announcers interpreting what they think you're saying. But now we hear directly from you. You're entertaining us as fans, especially because your team's playing good football. And we look forward to you and and the defenders taking on the L.A. Wildcats this Sunday. Uh, We always appreciate it, Pep. All right, thanks a bunch. Go Defenders. Thanks to the D.C. Defenders and Coach Pep Hamilton for hooking us up with that interview. I can't wait to see what he's telling his receivers this week and which uh, defensive backs are the L.A. Wildcats he's going to try to pick on because he was doing that a whole lot against New York, picking on some of their guys, seeing who was, who was winded. Tired. Gassed. He's tired. He's blown up. <laughs> Pep Hamilton Get on your is, horse, Rashad. Come oh, on. man. Pep, Pep is right now my favorite coach to watch coach. In the XFL, not just because he's been on the show twice, Brian, legitimately entertaining and informative to watch. He's he's a lot of fun and, and just kind of to see his mind and progression and and his preparation, like we mentioned, uh, for these know, games. What, it's a lot of- what'd you what you think of that? The preparation I threw that at him. He, he said you don't have to put it on a shirt. Right. But I don't know. Do you think he's going to stick with it? Do You think he's going to? Roll with that one. I don't, <laughs> well, I, I think, I don't think he's so. just a humble man who's not going to take credit for what he's doing, right? He's going to take this and say, it's not just a preparation. It's a preparation of the entire team. And he doesn't want to take the glory, which is a sign of a good coach. Uh, you know, this man is is putting himself out there for everyone to see. And this could go south. For If you really think about it, this can go south for any coach. They could look like a fool. They could look like a horrible coach. And Pep puts himself out there and is actually looking like a great coach with all of his – uh, communication with his players, his play calling. I think it's one of the fascinating things to see. And I hope this week with the LA game that he's uh, mic'd up as well again. Absolutely. Uh, when we get that picture and picture of him and Winston Moss, that is must see TV on Sunday for the DC at LA game at 6 p.m. Eastern on FS1. Let's now take it over to uh, important questions we have to ask about some of these teams facing. Ooh, dire straits. 0-3 would be absolutely disastrous if you ask me for L.A. or Tampa Bay. Let's discuss in this week's cover, too. You got to get on your horse now, Rashad. Get on our horse and ride. We have, <laughs> we have man, L.A. and Tampa Bay. Two 0-2 teams. Two teams, I think, that are better than 0-2. Brian, I don't know about you. I don't think Tampa's as bad as they've shown record-wise and L.A. the same. But they're both behind the eight ball. That's the fact. New York also I throw in there. I don't know about you guys, but they were embarrassed last week and looked anemic on offense. And and then that performance really shone a light on what they did in week one and how that might have been masked by some good defense. So with week three here, L.A. facing 0-3 against D.C. at home, Tampa Bay facing 0-3 against Houston at home, and then New York going into the battle dome facing a potential one and two start, which team needs the W the most in week three? Um, the most, it's so hard to tell, right? Because it's a 10-week season. 
going 0-3, you're basically kind of writing your story. You would have to not run the table, but basically go 6-1 and one the rest the of the season. season's almost half like, over. Yeah. So, But if I had to kind of put an emphasis on it, Tampa Bay is – I said this last week because, Jake, you said LA was playing a must-win game in LA, and I never said it was yeah. a must-win. It was a must-change. And I think that's what Tampa has to do. Tampa has to have a must-change game. They need to score. They need to be different. They need to be better. Uh, I think New York is so little soft in the East, so they might be able to catch up to them. And there's still some question marks on St. Louis. They didn't look great first week. They looked a lot better this past week, but they still lost. So I think it's more of a of of a of a attainable goal to still reach the playoffs, even if they don't win this week. L.A. needs to win because – They've looked like a good team, and if they can't win, then there's some other problems there that need to get addressed. So I'm going to put it on L.A. to not go in three uh, because they need some. Now, I still don't want to use the phrase must win, but this is definitely one of those games that if they don't win, you're starting to think what's wrong with this team because they should be good enough to win some some football games. Well, I mean, they have put points on the board. That's something that uh, we can't speak in the same vein for Tampa Bay. Sure, they've got field goals and – points to other methods but like you were saying earlier no offensive touchdowns none no no offensive touchdowns but really some of the some of the best offense we've seen in terms of moving the ball it is the biggest in that in the xf they're in that red zone but like we said it's just uh missed opportunities and just some i think you got to call it bad decisions You, you can't try to sugarcoat it so you're are you saying Tampa needs this W the most then, Jake? Uh I mean it's New York I it, it's not like the New York fans to hold a grudge. And they're at home <laughs> next week. So so they're gonna be just fine. I, I'm not concerned with that. They're they're gonna at least put some type of points on the board, even they're though they're going into that battle dome this week. I I think it might be LA, but that's that's another tall task without Cordell Jones coming in town. But LA, they they've showed us they can put points on the board. They could be close if they have have to. Tampa really has not shown us that yet. I I a, lo- uh... a lot of potential, a ton of potential. Like we said, it's just you know don't throw that ball or throw it at the back corner of the end zone where if somebody's going to get it. Only your man can. Don't th- don't throw it too short. I'm I'm going to defer from you guys here. I'm going with Tampa needs this one more than anybody. I mean, New York is in some trouble, I think. They are going into a no-win situation. They are they're I'm I'm saying I mean I I'm saying this Battlehawks can hold this against me if something goes wrong, but I think their goose is cooked the Guardians going into the Battle Dome. But that's why I don't think it's a must win. This they, we've expected them to lose this game even when it was just this game got booked for week three. But for Tampa, to be 0-2, they're facing Houston. The toughest matchup, I think, for any team this week. Even the Guardians at the Battle Dome. But Tampa Bay, I think, needs this because what I think the Battle Hawks can do. I think the D.C. defenders are the class of the East, and they're going to continue. Pep Hamilton is just too damn good, if you ask me. And the Battle Hawks, I think this offense, by the end of the season... Contrary to what Vince might tell you guys, I think this might end up being the best offense by the end of the season with all the different things they could do and having a quarterback who can tuck it and run 
for huge chunks in Jordan Tamu. I think the Battlehawks have something special, and they're just developing and growing. So if the Vipers go down 0-3, knowing that St. Louis is getting off to a pretty decent start, knowing that D.C. is pedal to the metal the entire season, that is a huge hole. As for L.A., I think in rematches with Dallas and Houston even, L.A. has a chance at, at, at competing with Houston. I think L.A. can beat Dallas. I think they showed that last week. They were just a couple bad mistakes away. Uh, and I think they need this win, obviously, at home. But I think it's way, way more important for Tampa Bay in terms of this, the, the grand scheme of the season and the big hole, that Viper Pit hole they could just fall into, get trapped in and never get out of. That could happen if with a loss in Week 3 to Houston. And that is no easy task. You're talking about big play P.J. Walker coming into the Viper Pit. We'll see what kind of crowd shows up. We'll see what kind of support the Tampa Bay Vipers have. But they are my pick. And Guardians, well, I said their goose is cooked. But here's part two of our cover, too, Jake. They do have a pretty rad mascot. At the end of the day, their quarterback might throw people under the bus. They, they might have an embarrassing loss on their record to the D.C. defenders. But they have a cool gargoyle that's seven feet tall, made of stone, lurking there at MetLife Stadium, and now they were trying to find a name for it if you went on the Football Advisory Network, footballadvisorynetwork.com, Fan, if you're a real a real XFL fanatic and you go to Fan where all of us other football freaks are talking, XFL all the time, there was a poll out to name the Guardians mascot. What did you name the Guardians mascot, Jake? Well, yeah, th this is an imposing figure. You mentioned his height, and you can't teach that. But uh, yeah, I, there were a number of names I was trying to think of. You know, I was thinking, should we go with some something menacing, like uh, you know, Damien or Lucifer, or, or something, something maybe a little more friendly, like Matilda or Frankie. Ooh. Uh, but what what I ended up submitting was uh, Pepe. I, I think it really captures the stone gargoyle. Pepe, Pepe? the stone Pepe. gargoyle. Pepe. Oh yes. no, I can't. Now I was no, Alan. That. Did you see the gargoyle? You took a picture with it, right? Yes. Was the gargoyle firm or was it a little um, soft? No, it was. It's it's chiseled out of stone. It's stone. That thing is, yeah, that thing is. It's like a, it's like a stone stone pit bull, but it was a stone gargoyle. Stone gargoyle. <laughs> yeah, it it's it's pretty awesome, and I like that it you know breathes smoke, perch it real high atop the city. It'll protect everybody. It's a guardian. I named it Goliath, obviously after yeah. the. Totally awesome and rad 90s cartoon Gargoyles. And the main character on that was Goliath. And Goliath the Guardian is some fine alliteration, if you ask me, Brian. But I don't know. What well, do you have? Goliath would have been good. I would have named it. If I named it Goliath, it would have been after this awesome roller coaster out here by uh, Six Flags Magic Mountain Valencia. Uh, 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 steepest uh, freestanding roller coaster in the world. What is this? What, um, do you, what do you work for Magic Mountain? What did you name the Gargoyle? <laughs> <laughs> it would work for Six Flags, I would imagine. Uh, I don't see. I'm not a big gargoyle guy. I don't really know. I mean, could you just kind of do something like? Could you say Frank? How does that sound? I like Goliath. I don't know what one. Sebastian. We'll see. Sebastian's actually Sebastian's pretty cool. I like that. That's a decent. That's better. But Goliath is okay, the best. So, okay. So I'm encouraging anyone naming the Guardian. If you're a Guardians fan, go with Goliath. That's what I'm voting for. But we'll see what it ends up getting called. It'll be the first named Francisco. mascot, as far as I know, Francisco. The first yes. named 
named uh, mascot, I believe, in the XFL, Jake. I don't know any. I don't think they've named one anywhere else. And, and obviously, I think the easiest one here, Jake, would be for what Tampa to name their mascot, Randy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the best way to go. The Guardians, you could check that out on footballadvisorynetwork.com. Uh, just some fun stuff during the week as an XFL fan. Uh, hey, how about a bonus piece here for the cover, too? Some fantasy football for you just an update in case you did not see who DraftKings is ranking as the top plays this week at each position we'll run through them um I haven't dipped my toe into any of this yet probably won't Jake I don't know about you if you're ever gonna you know finally play some fantasy football but in case this is the week for you just know that PJ Walker is the tops of the quarterback rankings as he goes to Tampa Bay at $11,500, according to DraftKings. Ta- uh, Jordan Tamu is the second-best play, according to DK. And then Landry Jones, Cardell Jones, and Josh Johnson uh, against DC. I got to tell you guys, I think Josh Johnson's going to have a pretty decent week against the DC defenders, Bryant. Would you be surprised? I will not. We'll get into that a little bit here when we start predicting games. I think Cardell Jones might be a little too expensive. Uh, LA is not really given quarterbacks. Although the yardage has been there, the scoring really hasn't. Uh, PJ Walker did kind of just prove me wrong on that one now that I think about it. But last week, Landry Jones didn't look good in terms of uh, accuracy and touchdowns. The yardage was there. So just kind of be careful on that one. To me, the best buy on here is Jordan Tamu because not only are you going to get the quarterback stats, he's running the football. He's the third leading rusher in the league right now. What about this? Speaking of rushers, running back rankings, you got two Tampa Bay Vipers on there, Devion Smith and Jacquez Patrick. Who scores the first touchdown for the Vipers if it's one of those two? Who you got, Jake? Uh, I, I mean, somebody's going to score a touchdown this week. I'll, I think it's a 50-50, but I'll just go with Patrick. He was the one trucking some guys, so I'm thinking if you're on the goal line, 230-40 pounder might be a good bet there. Uh, Coach Trestman, if you want to maybe give him the rock down inside yeah, the goal line, maybe, that would maybe make you sense. take it out of you know maybe you take it out of a position's hands where they've been uh, they've been known to throw some errant passes whenever you're in that area of the field. And then for the wide receivers, Cam Phillips is tops. Can he repeat that performance? Yardage wise, didn't do a lot, Bryant, but he made those big plays. Uh, can can the Roughnecks? continue to just rely on the big play scoring and maybe not racking up a whole lot of time possession or yardage that way or do you think they need to be more controlling and have a giant game from a camp films or sammy Coates maybe if he catches the ball again we'll go into this when we talk about uh, our predictions here in a little bit but i think the way the houston roughnecks won their last game and the way they play that second half, I think it's going to be important for them to be able to control that football and get these longer drives together. And they can't be so dependent on these shorter drives, uh, time-wise and yardage-wise. So, yeah, it was great for you know Cam Phillips to get that um, all those touchdowns. But I don't know if that's going to be as likely, even with Tampa hosting them this week. Uh, I almost want to stay away from him with the price tag that he has. Uh, Spruce is a good buy as well. But, yeah, I'm worried about the Cam Phillips purchase price because of how high he was this past week on those three touchdowns i'm all about keenan reynolds and austin prole baby those are my if i was playing this week i like them saw dallas gave up some big plays down the field saw that brandon silvers although not accurate during a lot of the game 
is able to hit find those guys at least once or twice per game in the last two. So I like I like those if I was playing, but we shall see. And those are uh, your fantasy picks. Just some some chatter from us who don't focus too much on the fantasy end of stuff. But the cool thing is you could play it on DraftKings, FanDuel, and they have all that stuff on XFL.com with the rankings and maybe your best plays. It's all right there. Really cool to check out if you're looking to play some fantasy in week number three. I'm looking to see some defensive touchdowns continue in this league, though. We've had a plethora of them in week one and week two, and I'm thinking more in week three. And hopefully from our next guest, Jake, Frank Alexander was getting a stretch on in, against the L.A. Wildcats. He had a great game in, in week number one as well against the St. Louis Battlehawks in a losing effort, and he's one of the leaders on that defense. He's going to join us here for a good, crisp interview. I have to tell you, though, Jake, I wasn't able to get any of his stretching uh, techniques, any yoga uh, t- uh, tips from him for you. I know you were hoping I would, but we didn't have enough time. We had to talk strictly well, football. Well, that's probably something he doesn't want to let uh, leak to the other teams in the league as well. So I respect that. Who knows? Maybe he'll give them live, uh, give away some tips live on an interview on the sideline this week. He's one of the coolest personalities in the XFL so far. Real fun interview, and he's right here on This is the XFL Show. Oklahoma Sooner, now Dallas Renegades, defensive lineman number 57. He is Frank Alexander. How are you enjoying suiting up being a Dallas Renegade so far? I'm enjoying it, man. It's an awesome uh, opportunity. Um, and I'm, you know, just appreciate it, bro. I just thank Coach Stoops and the organization, man. How cool is it to play for Coach Stoops in the XFL? A lot of familiar faces, I'm sure, around the team for you. And also, I mean, mm-hmm. a pretty cool system you get to play in in Dallas. You guys are doing some unique things on the field. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's definitely a uh, a good opportunity, man, and, and a great feeling, you know, when you get to come back and reunite with one of your, you know, your old college coaches and stuff. And, and I remember Coach Stoops came and got me in uh, 2007 and, you know, he back around, you know, back around to come back, you know, in 2019, we done hooked back up. So, you know, man, that's a, it's an awesome feeling. So, you know, I'm just thankful to him for uh, believing in me and giving me that opportunity, you know. Yep, and then last week you guys pull out your first win, beating the L.A. Wildcats on the road, and uh, it was a, it was a pretty exciting game. The fourth quarter got really interesting. That pace of yeah, the, yeah. the play clock, man, that, that's pretty fast. The offenses in this league are moving pretty quickly. How does that affect you as a defensive player? Uh, I mean, you know, we, we got to just prepare for it, man. You know, you just got to be ready for whatever they throw at you. You know, and uh, we, we, did, we do a great job uh, of going against you know, the high-tempo offense during the week. So, you know, we know it's going to be that. So, you know, you just got to condition yourself and, and be ready to go when it's time to go. And, uh, you, so, and you were last yeah. week. We saw we, – we caught you one of my favorite moments of the XFL weekend. You got the sideline interview while you were getting your stretch in. <laughs> You're making sure you were limber. Do you enjoy all that access that they're giving fans? you enjoy the cameras on the field and on the sidelines? Oh yeah, it's, I, I think it's a great deal, you know, because uh, it, it gives you another opportunity to connect with fans, and the fans get a feel for who you are, you know, outside of uh, just being an athlete or you know football player or what whatnot. You know, they actually get to kind of see your personality. So, I think it's a great deal, you know. 
I love it, and I, I played it. in high school. I was a defensive lineman. All we worried about, you know, was what was my sack dance going to be. But now you get to yeah. do that, and you get to worry about kind of, oh, what am I going to say to the camera if it comes to me? Any guys oh, in the man. locker room in there saying, yeah, when they come to me, I'm going to be doing this. Is anybody plotting and planning, or are you guys kind of just waiting for the moment and reading and reacting? Uh, I mean, you, you, I mean, you never know when it's going to come, you know, but, uh, that's, a, that's, I, that, I guess that's the beauty of it. You know, uh, it's, it's after you make a big play or something like that, or I guess if you, you gave up a play, they can, they can come talk to you. So that's the, the uh, the deal. You, you never know. So you just kind of going, you know, as you go, you know, you just, at the moment, you know, you just kind of feeling it and you letting things flow out as, as they come, you know, but you know, you on live TV. So <laughs> You know, you got to be careful of what you're saying, you know, because, hey, ain't no do-overs on live, man. Nope, it is live live in a living color, and it's for the whole world to see. I'm I'm really enjoying okay. that. And I just – you just actually reminded me something, uh, Frank. Uh, you know, the, when they whenever they talk to someone who had a bad play, lately it's been either someone who fumbled, a quarterback, maybe a DB – Defensive linemen aren't getting those negative interviews, so I think you might be in the clear. No, don't nobody wants to be the first defensive lineman interviewed after a bad play. <laughs> no, indeed, man. So you know, you, you want to stay off of, uh, off of, off of it for doing something bad. You know, we we only want positive plays. You know. Absolutely. Well, you, you guys beat LA, like I said last week. You got after the ball against mm-hmm. them. Really caused some backbreaking turnovers for them. What do you have to do defensively yeah. against Seattle? to be successful in that environment because they had a pretty raucous crowd last week and they're expecting more of the same against you guys. Oh, uh, man. Last weekend, you know, uh, I think it defined us as a team, you know, uh, just kind of let guys know where we were. You know, we, we had things go up and they went down and they went up and they went down, but, you know, you never seen guys get rattled. And I think um, that kind of, jailed us more so you know i think this going into this week you know we know it's a short week uh, we had short time to prepare for it but we understand what's on the line and what's at state and you know this is a division game so i mean you treat every game like a division game but you know this this one of the ones that counts so you know you, we, we know the importance of this so we got to go out there and we got to come to work man and that's and, and that's what i feel you know guys are going to do and so you know, when we all out there playing fast and, and, and just, you know, going, you know, you, you see the results, you know. Going to be a really good contest. They have a pretty pretty decent run game. You guys have been pretty stout so far, making big plays on defense. I cannot wait for this mm-hmm. one on Saturday afternoon in Seattle. Dallas Renegades, Seattle Dragons. Man, you got to be enjoying it, playing football, the football you've always known and loved, Frank. And here you are. Yeah. It's late February, but you're playing some football. The whole world's watching. Go out there, keep having right. fun. And I'm going to be waiting for your next on-field interview because you're one of my favorites already. Oh, man, I appreciate it, man. I, like, I'd be looking forward to getting some more, you know. <laughs> All right, Frank, we we appreciate it. Have fun this weekend, and we'll talk to you down the road. All right, y'all have a good one. Thank you. Thanks to the Dallas Renegades and Frank Alexander for helping us put that interview together right before the team took off for Seattle. They are going to be playing in front of a crowd, Bryant, that is – Supposed to be big again, close to 30,000 strong and super loud up there at CenturyLink. 
a tough task for sure, but more of a tough task, I think, for the offense. I think Frank Alexander being on the defense side uh, doesn't care about he'll that noise yeah, and that, that atmosphere. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun to shut that crowd up, I'm sure, is what his goal will be. Uh, but still some great insight, a lot of fun. Just many of the, just one of the many characters of the XFL's building uh, so far through two weeks of the season. I can't wait to see what characters come out uh, in week three as well. All right. Now let's say, oh, that's a great segue because you bring up characters. I think our best character we have on the show, he, it's about time for him, for his bit now on, on the, on the thir- late Thursday evening edition. Of this is the XFL show with spreads coming out. Vince always has to weigh in on his bets and the best bets. You know he has a lot to say about it, so he's going to kick us off here as we get into our game previews for week number three in this week's Hot Read. Hey football fans, this is Vince from This is the XFL Show. XFL week number three kicking off on Saturday, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Houston Roughnecks six and a half point favorite on the highway against the Tampa Bay Vipers. The Vipers just don't look good right now. Seems like a small spread for a team struggling like that, but I can't get in front of this Houston Roughnecks train until the Vipers prove it to me. I'm not going to back them. I like the Roughnecks to cover that number. Second game on Saturday, 2 p.m. Pacific time. Maybe the two best rushing attacks in the league. Seattle Dragons getting four points at home against the Dallas Renegades. Brandon Silvers, he's really struggling throwing the ball for Seattle. But you could say the same thing for Dallas. I don't care if how Mummy's calling the plays or not. Landry Jones just does not look healthy. I think these two running games are really going to dominate things. I know Artis Payne looked excellent last week, but I think it's going to be a close game. I'll take the points at home with Seattle. If you're a totals player, take a look at this 43 number. I could see it going under there. Third game, this is on Sunday, noon Pacific time. And this line has gone up. St. Louis Battlehawks football finally returning to St. Louis. Big 10-point favorite at home against the struggling New York Guardians. To me, this just seems like too big of a line. I know a lot of people were probably fading the Guardians after their struggles last week. But St. Louis, they look like a smoke and mirrors team to me until they prove it. That screen pass offense they were running last week, Jordan Tamu getting his big plays off of that. I love this Guardians defense. I think this secondary is going to be able to cover these receivers. They're going to stack a lot of guys in the box. I'm not sure if they're going to win the game, but they're definitely going to keep it close. Definitely keep it under that 10 number. Final game of the weekend, 3 p.m. Pacific time. If Houston and Tampa wasn't best versus worst, then this definitely is. D.C. Defenders, eight-point favorite on the road against the L.A. Wildcats. First game on the road for D.C., back-to-back home games for L.A., but I'll tell you something right now. L.A., until they prove it to me, I can't I can't get behind them. And D.C. just seems to be getting stronger and stronger. They're scoring in every phase of the game. I like them there. I'm going with the D.C. defenders. And that's this week's picks for the love of football. Just go ahead and bet on it. I don't know if I'm going to take Vince's advice on that St. Louis game, Bryant, but... We'll pick that one in just a moment. It's Vince Calfo with his week three picks against the spread. For all of you gambling, enjoying sports betting, the XFL. So fun to see that that actually gets acknowledged in the game, isn't it? It's refreshing. And right here on This is the XFL Show. Now let's 
make our picks. Some of us might pick against the spread, but we will also pick winners. And I'm going to give you scores. Jake, I don't know what you're going to do. Bryant, I don't know what you're going to do. But let's talk about these games, shall we? And let's start with Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Yes, Houston 2-0, Tampa 0-2. Raymond James Stadium getting their first taste of XFL football. And it is a six-and-a-half point spread according to the DraftKings Sportsbook. The projected total in this one, according to the Action, Action Network, is at about 45.2 points total. And the big thing to know in this one is Aaron Murray, all week long, has not practiced. He's DNP listed, Bryant. So who should Tampa Bay throw to the Wolves against this vicious Houston defensive line? Well, whoever it is, just throw one of them and not both of them throughout the entire game. I think you're going to see Quentin Flowers ride the bench uh, and you're going to see Taylor Cornelius ride this team, uh, hopefully into a victory. I don't see it happening, though. Nick Truzel also has not practiced. That's their number one pick out of their skill position, their big tight end. Uh, so I, I want to pick Tampa Bay. I do because I like what the, I've seen from them. I just don't know if they're going to have the tools. We talked about finishing. They're losing tools when it comes to trying to finish. Uh, they're not going to be able to do that. Houston riding a high. I think there was some some worry with that lack of performance in the second half against the Battle Hawks, but I think they're going to correct it. I don't think Tampa Bay has the tools to do what St. Louis did with that def- on the defensive side of the football. So I have Houston winning this game. I do have Tampa Bay scoring their first touchdown, though, and I will say that it's going to be uh, 32-17, to 17, uh, the Houston Roughnecks. So you're saying whoever's going to be on their center for Tampa Bay, even if they need to tag out, you're keeping them in all game. Well, I mean, unless you no, hold on, because of what they were doing last week, where you were trading quarterbacks it, between downs, it was definitely erratic last. Yeah, week. do not do that. Do not even do it within series. Either commit to one, and if you're going to keep them out, keep them out. That's fine, but keep your next one in. Do not do this back and forth thing that they were trying to do last week in Seattle. Key to victory for Tampa Bay. I mean, obviously, has to be the running backs. We've talked about them, Devion Smith, Jacquez Patrick. They're thumpers. They can control a game. They can get big chunks of yards. They can break tackles. Can they keep the time of possession way in the favor of Tampa Bay? It looked like a key to success for St. Louis, and it almost worked last week against Houston with the big play capability. But I don't think that is going to work because even if even if you have the time of possession, even if you actually score a touchdown on offense in your Tampa Bay, I just feel like that Tampa Bay pass rush hasn't been there at all, and they're not getting after the quarterback. And with P.J. Walker having time and being able to create, Houston's going to have a whole lot of fun. I'm picking them 29-12, to 12, Jake. Uh, first of all, let's talk about what do you think the house is going to be like here? Because uh, I, I'm not really sensing – a whole lot of hype for this home home opener. I'm sure there's going to be people hissing in the stands, but I don't feel the same way as I do going into Seattle last week, going into uh, St. Louis this week, or even an Audi field whenever we were there for week one. I, I will say, yeah, we're not, we're not hearing the, the social media hype at, at those levels for Tampa Bay, but you know, these are, these are fans football. There's a football town too. So we'll see what, what, what kind of pride they bring, what kind of crowd they bring, what kind of energy they bring, and if that actually helps the Vipers. That's something that we definitely are going to keep an eye on, Jake. And, you know, that I, I'll, I'll say at least if you go on Twitter in certain seg- segments of people talking XFL Twitter or Reddit, 
there is a pretty strong Tampa Bay Viper social contingency. I'm interested to see if they show up at the stadium. Yeah, I mean, because this is going to be, you know, at least we got two home openers, both playing in uh, big barns, places where NFL clubs have played. And uh, I just know, I don't know if Tampa's going to, I have a hard time imagining them equaling what New York did up in uh, up in MetLife Stadium, but but th- that's really not what I'm here to uh, to talk about. You're asking me for my prediction. I think this is the lock game of the week. You know, if, if you had to go 100 percent all in, wow. a confidence level of 11, I would put it on Houston in this one. Oh my, I I would not put this in. If we're doing confidence bets, this is that, my, I, I would. It's my biggest margin of victory, I think, but it's not my. It's not well, my I'm, number one. I mean, come on. Well, that that's that's a good tease for later because I don't yeah. know what else it would be if it wasn't this. Oh, come on. Okay. Well, we'll we'll get there. So those are all locked in, though. We're all taking Houston. I I just don't see a way for Tampa Bay to actually come out with the victory on this one. Good luck to them, but it's going to be hard for them to to, to take on this Ta- high powered offense and come out with the victory. I just Tampa Bay it. they they just have to be. They can't make any mistakes in the red zone. And then even if you do that, you have to hold Houston and P.J. Walker to, you know, I don't know, 15 points maybe. We'll see what happens. That game, of course, is on ABC, 2 p.m. Eastern, this Saturday, first game of the Week 3 slate. Make sure you watch that. If, if For the very least, I'll t- give you two things to watch. You get to watch P.J. Walker, and I think the thrill of seeing if the Vipers actually score <laughs> an offensive touchdown Worth the watch alone, but we'll see. Who knows? Could end up being a good game in Tampa Bay. Now, we take it to game two on Saturday. And we're going to be watching these games, Bryant. Don't forget, we're going to be in St. Louis amongst Battlehawks fans watching these games. We're going to be there for that first game, 1 p.m. local time in St. Louis at Westport Social. That's 910 Westport Plaza Drive. We'll be having an XFL watch party, as we mentioned at the top of the show. Prizes, recording the podcast, cacawing, enjoying Mardi Gras, enjoying XFL football, and watching P.J. Walker, and then watching a St. Louis Battlehawk foe that they defeated. Dallas Renegades, 1-1 one one at Seattle, also 1-1, one one, plus 5. In this one for Seattle at home underdogs at Century League Field, where they get a huge crowd Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Projected total for this one, according to the Action Network, is 43 and a half. And this is going to be fun because Vince has been saying, oh, Landry Jones looks beat up, looks banged up, looks hurt. Bob Stoops said, said he loved what he saw out of Landry Jones and kind of convinced me hearing him talk. I think we're just scratching the surface of what we're capable of. Talking about scratching the surface there and, and, Landry Jones really going out there and executing and have on a bad day, on a day where he first starts playing football after a couple of years just being absolutely ice cold, Jake, not even really practicing that week, Stoops mentioned. And that got me to thinking, man, maybe he's right. Maybe Landry Jones is just on another level of quarterback compared to everyone else in this league, like Cardell Jones, like PJ Walker is showing right now as well. I'm expecting Landry Jones to come out firing in this one, but. That Seattle crowd is no joke, and that defense is no joke either, Brian. Yeah, but Seattle has not looked like a good team the first two weeks of the season. I know they pulled out a victory last week, but again, look at their opponent, Tampa Bay Vipers. 
nothing impressed me for Seattle really last week. I think they they didn't lose the game more than they won the game uh, last week. Dallas, on the other hand, has looked better. Bob Stoops has convinced me as well. Uh, this is a pretty good team. How Mummy and his beach towel out there. Get on the ball. Don't let him rest. Get on the ball. Uh, he's going to get those uh, Dallas, excuse me, uh, Seattle defenders uh, gassed. I think it'll be a great game in terms of closeness. I think Dallas is meant to pretty much play a close game the entire season. But uh, against Seattle, Brandon Silver's a lot of question marks there on the offensive side of the ball. So I'll take Dallas uh, 20 to 15. You got to be kidding me. I think Seattle, they really could have been 2 0. I, I mean, you know, one series in that DC game. We were at it's not like that was a blowout or anything i have some more confidence that uh in seattle than you do but i think this is the toughest game of the week to pick landry jones you know he had uh, i would say a good bit of rust I, I think he would admit that to you and he did on some of those sideline interviews saying that he's got to play better especially in that first uh in the first half last week he got he got better in the second half and you know talking about practice he had all week to practice his coach uh, his coach likes what he sees. He's he's confident in him. He's sticking up for him. So I expect it to be a good game, a close one. But I, I'm going to edge out to uh, I'm going to say Seattle at home in this one. Wow! Oh my gosh! Seattle Dragons at home, very tough. I feel too, Jake. But like I said, I think Landry Jones is going to look better this week than he did last week. I think. Silver's inconsistency, it's going to be tough to keep up with. I think Dallas is an inevitability on offense. They will break through eventually. They're going to be going fast, and they're going to be doing it again and again and again. And Seattle might get some big plays on defense, but Dallas will get theirs offensively. I truly believe that under Mummy. And then for Seattle, it's all about equaling big plays. Reynolds, Prohl, maybe Jaquan Gardner on a home run, big big chunky run or something i don't know but seattle's gonna have to find something i don't think they're gonna have consistency so they have to find the big plays in the right timing with those big plays to pull it out i don't think that happens i'm gonna go with the consistent offense here go with the dallas renegades consistent they had one good game but i think it's coming consistency dallas renegades 24 23 in, in a close one in seattle can't wait to hear that crowd though on fox and of course that is at 5 p.m eastern and uh, again, Brian, watching that one at Westport Social in St. Louis, hearing the Battle Hawks fans caca talking about how they beat those Dallas Renegades already. We'll see what the Renegades do, though, when they take on the Dragons. Two one and one teams. Very important game there in the XFL West. Over to the XFL East, though, where two one and one teams, a lot on the line, Jake. One team loses this. And their chances of going to the playoffs severely diminish. The other team wins it, and their chances go up significantly. And St. Louis is a 10-point favorite at home against the fellow 1-1 one one team, the Dome at America Center, the Battle Dome, Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. That's 2 p.m. local time. Bryant and I will be in that Battle Dome. Projected totals at 41.2, according to the Action Network. St. Louis... Averaging in two games, Jake, this is an interesting stat you might want to chew on. 200 more yards total offense than the New York Guardians do on offense. Significantly more productive than what Matt McGloin, Kevin Gilbride, and that whole offense is putting together. 
Well, I do expect New York to at least score points this week, which is going to keep it a lot closer than last week. But uh, going into that battle dome and earlier in the show, you asked me to pick who my player of the week for week three was going to be. I picked Tom. So so I got to stay strong uh, with myself here and say St. Louis Battlehawks going to improve to two and one. New York's definitely going to look better than they did last week. But I think it's going to be rough coming back home to MetLife for week four. Don't forget, though, Guardians had an awful week last week, but in they, two they weeks. They did, and that's that's what's fresh in everybody's mind. Yeah, but don't. But in two weeks, only three touchdowns allowed by that defense all of in one game. <laughs> but still, uh, they showed a lot of promise in week one, and Vince alluded to that earlier when we heard his picks, Bryant. So can they rattle Jordan Tamu enough and maybe force some turnovers, quiet the battle dome? I don't know what it's going to take to quiet that battle, though, Alan. I mean, we are traveling, both of us, pretty much halfway across the country to this game because of the hype level that the fans are bringing uh, to the battle dome. I don't know what the, the – short of short of the Battlehawks performing the way the Guardians did last week, I don't see how this battle dome is quiet enough for the Guardians to really make a splash or do anything to silence them. Uh, I think St. Louis is going to have a lot behind him. I think New York still has a little bit of those jitters. Matt McGloin, we're not going to get the content that we got last week from him. I guarantee that. But at the same time, he's going to be on a short lease. They're going to be willing to put Marquise Williams in there, maybe even Luis Perez if they have to, to get some changes, some 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 differences uh, between what happened this week and what's, what happened last week. So I'm still picking the Battle Hawks. I think this 10 points is probably around what I'm thinking as well. I'll, I'll I'll go St. Louis over New York, uh, thirty-three to eighteen. The only negative about being in the Battle Dome for you and I, Bryant, is the fact that we don't get to see until afterwards, and we watch the replay when the camera goes up to Matt McGloin when he inevitably throws a a pick to to oh. Kenny Robinson or Terrence Garvin or someone. You know, like what what is it? What are we gonna get? Like a Ryan <laughs> Leaf moment on the sidelines? Are we going to get a quarterback absolutely losing it? What will happen? Will he keep his cool? Uh, that should be fascinating to see if they, if they if he even gets interviewed or what happens there. We'll see what happens with Matt McGloin in this one. I don't think it's going to be pretty for him. I think it all rests on that New York defense getting after Jordan Tamu. If they can, it's going to be guys like Boon Mirotimi, uh, and he'll be lining up against, I think, some, some tackles who need to improve a little bit in terms of keeping Jordan Tamu, you know, safe and not have to scramble as much. And Marcus McCants, Jake Campos for the Battle Hawks. Uh, I think the home atmosphere, the home cooking might help with that. So that's why I'm picking the Battle Hawks. This is my lock of the week, Jake. This is this is absolutely in the bag at the Battle Dome. And I'm picking St. Louis to beat New York 28-11. to 11. And, man, those cacas those are going to be echoing in the Battle Dome from week three on through the entire season because St. Louis once again has pro football. It's a football town, and it's coming back this Sunday, and it will be on ESPN. It will be at 3 p.m. Eastern, and I just can't wait for everybody to be watching this game, seeing the 28,000-plus strong going absolutely berserk, cacaing, screaming for this team. It is going to be electric to be at this game, to watch it on TV, Jake. I cannot wait. So you're saying they're going to shake the arches. They're going to shake the arches. Yes, the, 
The gateway to the West is going to be shaken from what's going on in the Battle Dome. Yeah, one and one teams too. Jake, we talked about this before we started recording. Uh, the team that loses this falls back a whole lot percentage-wise according to some mathematics we saw out there. They do. And it, it to me, I mean, if if New York loses, I can see that. But I, you know, if St. Louis loses, it seems like they should still be in it, even though the records w- would be the same. But I I think New York is definitely the more desperate team uh, in in this one. But I don't think any of us picked them. We did not. And you know what? New York does, at least to their credit, have a win over an XFL East opponent. This is not only St. Louis's first game at home, but their first game against the division opponent. And that will determine a whole lot when it comes to playoffs. It is week three. I know only week three, but in a 10-week season, these kind of games are absolutely pivotal. So a lot riding on the line in this home opener. And it will be a really great time. Cannot wait. And, of course, that's Saturday. We're going to be at Westport Social, like we said. But Sunday, look for Bryant and I. Uh, we're, we're going to be the handsome guy and Bryant walking around the Battle Dome on the outside, looking for your tailgates, looking to get you up on social media. We're going to actually interview some fans, Bryant, and you know get the pulse of St. Louis as a football town to maybe put some special content together for the podcast feed. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun out there. We're going to be kind of in St. Louis. You know, basically, we're in St. Louis to show that this is a football town, that the fans are hyped and excited for the XFL to re- uh, for football to return as well. Uh, that's why we're there. So look out for us. We're going to be uh, rolling through tailgates, rolling through the crowds, through the stands, through to the game. Uh, we're going to be everywhere. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure if you see uh, me, say hi to me and just kind of ignore Alan because he he's just not a lot of fun to actually talk to outside of this show. So, uh, but we'll be there all weekend long. Well, I will prove that wrong, baby. You just, you just watch battle Hawks fans. You come find us or we'll come find you. We're going to meet at the battle dome and we're going to have a hell of a time. Can't wait to see you all there this Sunday. Also on Sunday, Jake final game, a two and O versus an O and two DC at LA defenders are eight and a half point. Favorites at Dignity Health Sports Park, 6 p.m. on FS1. We alluded to this game a little bit earlier. Projected total 43.7 according to the Action Network. Cardale Jones versus Josh Johnson. We alluded to this. Josh Johnson, I think a very different quarterback matchup from what the D.C. defenders have seen so far, Jake. And I think it could be a problem for Pep Hamilton's defense. Well, you know, last week uh, I did a apologize to Brian, to, to Coach Moss, and some other individuals. This week, uh, I would like to personally apologize to the entire town of Los Angeles because it's not going to go good in this one either. Uh, Cardell Jones graded as the best quarterback by pro football focus in each of the first two weeks. You might as well make it three after this game here. LA's, they're going to put points on the board, but it's not going to be enough. DC's at least going to score uh, one special teams or defensive touchdown in this one. Just too much. I see a 3-0 record for the defenders at the end of this one. I'm not as confident as you, Jake, but I'm going to pick D.C. to win 23-20. to I think this is the best quarterback they've faced so far, so this is going to be really a, a game that's going to go down to the wire for me, uh, for D.C. Their defense has – they've made big plays for sure, but some of those throws, Brian, weren't they gifts? I mean, just absolutely gifts thrown right to defenders. 
and, and they were able to take it back for touchdowns or for great field position. I mean, they, they've been fortunate, but they've capitalized and they've forced a lot of turnovers for sure. But I have a feeling this is an L.A. team that's like determined to be disciplined this week because they have not been in two weeks. Uh, Alan, you're going to have to help me out on this because I've mentioned, like I said many times on this show, is that I am an expert at talking about a football league that is going in to a season, not actually going and talking about a football team during a season. When week two ended, I looked at the schedule, see what was going on. I kind of thought about everything, and I had this feeling, this just kind of in my gut that L.A. had a chance to win this game. I don't know why. It just kind of hit me. And then I started really paying attention to what could happen in this football game. What has D.C. done? What has L.A. done? What has D.C. done done to be so successful? Jake, you mentioned that defensive touchdown. They've been giving gifts. Alan, you just said it too. Those throws by some of these quarterbacks have not been good. Brandon Silvers, um, Matt McGloin, those were not great throws. And what I saw from last week from Josh Johnson were not those types of throws. Yes, he wasn't very accurate, but he wasn't throwing it into coverage. He wasn't overthrowing his receivers with a safety behind him. Those those types of mistakes I didn't see from Josh Johnson, so I don't see how the D.C. defenders capitalize on that. And then I also talk about the defensive side of the, of the football on the, the Wildcat side and how good they've been and how close they've been to getting to that quarterback. And you have some big fellows on that defensive line. You know, you have Sean Oakman, you have Boogie Roberts, he, these guys can take Cardell down by themselves. Cardell's a big guy that's kind of been his benefit so far as that he can't be taken down. I, I see the Wildcats getting after him and being able to take him down so he can't just um, scramble out of that and make a completion. Uh, the other side, too, that I see is, is that in that week one game for the defenders, they allowed Silvers to throw three touchdowns, two of them to Austin Proles. They're not going to see a better combination uh, than Josh Johnson and Nelson Spruce this season. I, I want to do it, Alan, and I, and, I, and I had that feeling at the very beginning of the week. I still have it now. The more I look at it, I can make that prediction, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to say L.A. wins this football game. They're going to win it 30-25. to 25. Uh, L.A. takes this one. I, I just I see enough reasons why L.A. can pull this one out. I will be coaching like a crazy man. There he is. The first time you picked your favorite team to win a game, Bryant. <laughs> L.A. winning with the upset. Yes, I <laughs> right. I don't want it to be like a favoritism because I have picked against them these first two weeks. It, it's I definitely see them covering. L.A. is a better team than what that record shows. D.C., though I think they're a great football team, I think the ways and the reasons they've won these past two games, L.A. is not going to give them those opportunities. I don't see the, the easy turnover. they got to hold on to that football. If they have two fumbles in the red zone again, uh, you might never see Winston Moss run the ball again this season. So uh, they really gotta got to tighten that up. But I think there's an opportunity there uh, for L.A. to come out with the victory. Well, I hope you're right because I want to see L.A. on the in the winner's column. I want to see L.A. contending. I think they're an entertaining team, and I want Winston Moss to have a smile on his face at, at the post-game press conference. We'll see. D.C. and L.A. will be closing up week three. That game is on Sunday, 6 p.m. on FS1. Can L.A. get their first win, or will the defenders continue to roll and go 3-0 and and if you go by Jake and my picks, Bryant, that leaves us at the end of the week three. Houston, D.C. still undefeated. Tampa and Tampa and L.A. still winless. And, uh, you know, uh, the middle of the pack, you got a clear-cut kind of division then after week three. Already, I think that would be pretty quick in terms of separating themselves. But who knows? Maybe the whole all the waters could be muddied in week three. This is kind of a one of the 
few turning points we'll have throughout the season. Going to be fun to watch it all, and uh, we'll be covering it all. Game recaps, mini-sodes will be coming at you after each and every single one of these games. That does it for another edition of This is the XFL Show. Another one of these fun game previews episodes. Jake, what do you like better, the game previews or the or the, or the weekend recaps? Uh, I I think I like the game previews because somebody's going to be wrong and then we get the grill <laughs> next week. And hopefully it's not me. Yeah, I, I, I well, like these. <laughs> I like these, but then I have to put myself out there with these picks. I much prefer the recaps because then we get to hear all the sounds from the weekend. That's my favorite part. But this was a lot of fun today for sure. Alan, how'd you do last week? Because I know week one you did 4 no. How did you do last week? Ugh, you're making me pull that up. You, you. I went, well, 0-1. I went 1-1. I went 2-1. I went 2-2 uh, two and, two and two last week in terms of winners. Against the spread, don't ask me. <laughs> uh, I went 4-0 last week, so that's pretty good. That's a lot of fun to pick these games and to see what you can do and what you can't do. Uh, I think uh, that's part of the enjoyment of being on this side of the microphone and not actually being on the field, right? Yes. You don't have to worry about actually playing the games. You just kind of get to predict them, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, but we're going to be here every single week, Alan. Like we said many times, uh, we're going to be in St. Louis all weekend long. Uh, so join us uh, this Saturday to watch the Tampa Bay Vipers host the Houston Roughnecks live from Westport Social uh, in St. Louis. We're going to have uh, some cool giveaways, a lot of fun. Maybe get on the podcast. We're going to record our post games from there as well. So join us there. Uh, remember, if you're listening uh, to us now for the first time, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button on your podcast application uh, and tell your friends about us. Also, you can listen to us every single week at XFL.com or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash XFL, the official YouTube channel of the XFL. We're everywhere. And don't forget that XFL fan line, 724-565-4XFL. Jake, you won't be in St. Louis with us this weekend, but I know you'll be uh, watching all the games on TV. Enjoy yourself from the comfort of your home. Yeah, I will. You guys behave in St. Louis. Brian, remember, don't kiss the baby unless it's not yours. (laughs) I I know you're going to be out there campaigning for God knows what. Okay, we're going to have to talk about that one off the air. Alan, can I say one more thing before we go? Uh, Thanks to the coach. We had him on earlier this week. Uh, Make sure you check out his pregame show uh, on Saturday and Sunday uh, on the XFL's YouTube as well. And Alan, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's going to be a a staple on this show going forward after every single week. Oh, yeah. We're going to have Jonathan Coachman on this program for more of that from last episode. We had a great football chat with him. So the coach will be joining us on the Tuesday morning edition to discuss week three. So look for that recap with the coach. Look for the XFL pregame with the coach and Elise Ashton on XFL YouTube and all across the social platforms. And, hey, Battlehawks fans, maybe look for yourselves on some of that because if you're hanging out with us, you might get caught up in all the craziness. Cameras are going to be all over microphones you can be a part of all the fun that we're going to be having and we cannot wait to see you i'm so hyped up saturday at westport social to watch the saturday games and then sunday at the battle dome going around the dome and then getting inside the dome to hear the decibels destroy my eardrums i am ready to caca for the home opener for the st louis Battlehawks in week three it is going to be a special weekend football fans let's get it here we go for jake For Bryant, 
I'm Alan. Thanks to Pep Hamilton and Frank Alexander for being our guests today. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.